This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Hi, how are you? You know what? I'm doing really well, Hemant. Thank you for asking. Are Uh, you vaccinated and good? I am all vaccinated. And I don't think I told you this. Mikey got his first yesterday. Oh, yay. He had to drive down to Pontiac, Illinois, which I guess is like on the way to ISU. Okay. Uh, but he and his sister got in, so that's Yay. it. And this weekend, friend of the show, Anne, um, is going to come over. We're going to have a sleepover, and our dogs are going to hang out, and I can't wait to hang out. And I bought, like, $50 worth of cheese, and we're just going to eat cheese. Oh, and we might be doing a bonus episode about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, I'll, we'll Excellent. talk about details. <laughs> How are you, Emmett? So that's what it's like to have friends. I'm good. <laughs> Emmett, it's great. It's very interesting. Um, I'm fine. Everything is normal. Like I'm waiting to um for everyone else to get vaccinated so I can I don't know go out and mm-hmm. start doing that at some point in well, my life. To be fair, you didn't do that pre quarantine, so I, I'm not yeah. sure exactly what's going to motivate you to make friends after quarantine. Yeah, I kind of just want the idea of it floating out there. I'm not actually going to do it, <laughs> but. Um, I don't even know where to begin because these stories go from crazy to crazier. But um, let me let me start with this one that is happening in Alabama and we'll work our way through the south today. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I did not know this until relatively recently. But if you wanted to register to vote in Alabama, It's one of those things where they give you the slip of paper at whatever the DMV or their version of it. Mm -hmm. And most people would just sign the paperwork and turn it back in. You're not actually going to read that. But it turns out there is a voter declaration on the voter registration form in Alabama that says things like, I am a U.S. citizen. I live in the state of Alabama. I'm 18, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it says this. I solemnly swear or affirm to support and defend the Constitution, yada, yada, yada. The last line of that affirmation says, Uh so help me God. Bing bong. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I think even many atheists would not care about. They would Mm -hmm. just probably sign the paperwork. Okay, fine. Like, why get worked up over that thing? But this actually is a big deal because it's making you sign a religious oath. And not only that, not only are you saying, I solemnly swear to affirm like this oath, so help me, you know, Christian Jesus God. It literally, I mean, if you cross it out, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to do that. Sure. And actually, technically, if you sign it and you're an atheist, you're lying Mm because you're not saying, so help me God. Mm -hmm. But that would be perjury. I mean, in theory, you're actually being forced to sign something you don't actually believe in. And in theory, it actually says this on the form. If you falsely sign this statement, you could be convicted and imprisoned for up to five years. Uh Oh, So again, look, I know most atheists would be like, whatever, so help me God, it doesn't mean anything, I'll Mm -hmm. sign the paperwork, but it's not innocuous. And like, if it was Christians having to sign something that innocuously said, because God doesn't exist or something. Right. Or so help me, Prophet Muhammad or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That that wouldn't fly. (laughs) So last November... Um, an atheist named Randall Cragen wanted to register to vote. He couldn't honestly sign that paperwork. So he contacted the secretary of state's office and said, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And they basically said, we don't just sign the form or you don't, <laughs> you don't get to vote. Right. 
And he was also told, and I'm quoting here, if you cross out a portion of the oath, the board of registrars in your county will reject the application and ask you to resubmit. He literally wasn't given an alternative. Huh. So, um, again, the Freedom From Religion Foundation stepped in. They wrote a letter, and the lawmakers told them to. I'm sorry, the Secretary of State told FFRF, sorry, unless lawmakers change the law to change the oath, which, uh-huh. good luck with that, Right. this isn't going to change. So they filed a lawsuit. This was back in October. We, there's been really no movement on the case since then mm-hmm. until recently because, according to FFRF, Alabama now has a new oath. Oh. Um, or they have a new voter registration form. The oath is still there. Okay. It still says, so help me God. Okay. But right under the oath, there is a checkbox that like a little rectangle then next to it. This is all small print too, by the way, <laughs> fine print. It's, it's a box. It says optional because of a sincerely held belief. I decline to include the final four words of the oath above. So help me God. There's one. Yes. Two, three. Yep. So you could check off that box and then sign your name and you're not technically lying. Now, legally speaking, that gets Alabama out of any jam because they're not forcing you to believe in God in order to register to vote. FFRF says, okay, you fulfilled the legal obligations here, Mm -hmm. so we're going to rescind our lawsuit. Like, we're voluntarily dismissing our own lawsuit. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think there is a question that remains. I mean, first of all, FFRF had to do that. I'm not mad at them for saying, fine, we withdraw our lawsuit because you did take care of the legal problem. But Uh now, ethically speaking, I still don't like that solution. Because you're basically like, you have to tell the state, all right, I guess I'm an atheist. Yeah, if if I was a more paranoid person, I would be extremely nervous to have a list of all the atheists (laughs) in Alabama at the DMV or whatever. Like, that's not great. And the way people are acting with, like, like vaccine passports, I can't imagine this is something that they would be game for. Yeah, you literally, again, I know most atheists don't care. I'm not suggesting all of them do, but... Realistically speaking, if you don't want to say, so help me God, you now have to check a box that says, for some reason, I don't feel comfortable with that. (laughs) Undisclosed reasons. Undisclosed reasons. (laughs) And now Alabama will know who you are. Oof. Um, it's, It's silly that atheists have to do all of this. To yeah. make Alabama do the bare minimum, which is just let you vote. No, that that is, oh boy. It, the thing is, all they had to do was delete. So help me God, yes. and like no problems are there. Like, and again, the Secretary of State's office says we can't do that. It's not in our power. You got to change the law. Uh-huh. And so it's don't blame the Secretary of State's office. Blame Alabama's lawmakers. Oh, I for do. not doing it. And yes, and you should. But it's not just as simple. Like, I wondered that, too. Why don't they just take out the oath? Because mm-hmm. changing the oath isn't up to them. Sure. So that's why they couldn't do that. But they could add this fine print that says, here's, you just got to put your atheist stamp <laughs> on the voter registration form. Well, I, I think this is such a good example of one of these kinds of issues. Because you brought it up, and I'm sure you could hear me rolling my eyes. Like, yeah, like, of course, it sucks that we have to, like, kowtow to religiosity, even when we're just trying to, like, fucking get a driver's license. 
And then it's like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, you're right. It should be gone. I would not be the person to initiate this, but that's my choice and that's his choice. But then the fact that they didn't just go for whatever reason, whoever's power it is, the the fact they didn't go like, yeah, we'll just take it out. No big deal. Like the fact that they're creating more loop-de-loops to to justify leaving it in is really wild. Do you want to stay in Alabama for another story? I mean... Yeah, you do. This one's better. Okay. Okay. There is a guy, Secretary of State, ironically. It's the Secretary of State, John Merrill. Uh, he's been in office for several years now. And you may recall that a few years ago, he decided to run for U.S. Senate. Actually, I should say, like, last year was that election in November. He wanted to run for that Senate seat. Tommy Tuberville is the guy who ended up winning that primary. Oh, yeah, I know that. Um, And then Tommy Tuberville ended up becoming the senator. But John Merrill was in the hunt for the Republican nomination. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time, like, during his campaign, he was basically arguing, like, they ask him, why do you want to be senator? And his here's what he wanted to say, because everything sucks and you want to elect me because it'll I'll change it for the better. Right. Uh-huh. Here's what he actually said. <laughs> oh, no, um, he was saying, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I forgot what question he was answering, but here's what he said. There are no more good TV shows on. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> we talked about this, I think, at the time. He said there are no more good TV shows on, like Gunsmoke, Bonanza, The Virginian, Andy Griffith, I Love Lucy, basically 1950s black and white. Yeah. Uh, whatever stereotypical shows. We don't have those shows anymore. We're too interested in homosexual activities. <gasps> <laughs> I think he said this after the Game of Thrones finale aired, and that was where that was coming from. I don't think anything gave and happened in the Game of Thrones finale. It was just a big letdown of a show. <laughs> I have thoughts. He, he went on to say, we're too interested in seeing how this family's finding a way to mess on this family or to see how people are trying to date on TV or have wife swapping on TV. That's what we watch. When we push back against that and we quit allowing it to be in our homes, that's how those changes have occurred because we've allowed them to slowly but surely come into our lives. I quoted that verbatim. I know that wasn't English, but that's not my fault. <laughs> what that's the his. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about right now? But basically saying wife swapping and homosexual activities are on TV, and we need to go back to the good old days where a bunch of white cowboys shot people and whatever happened on Andy Griffith was the way reality worked. <sighs> I which mean, isn't accurate. Those were not documentaries. That's correct. not how anything works. And also, I have several thoughts, one of which is, like, there's a bajillion shows that are, like, pro-cop and pro-family. There's a <laughs> right. million bajillion of them. And we live in the year of our Lord 2021. He can, like, watch reruns of I Love Lucy. Nobody's gonna get mad at him. Right. So anyway, this is old news. This is what he did back then. It wasn't enough because Tommy Tuberville's like, yeah, well, I believe all that stuff. And I used to coach football. And everyone's like, yep, you're the winner. <laughs> oh, that's anyway, I know his name. <laughs> so anyway, Tuberville won. Uh, this guy went back. John Merrill went back to being secretary of state. But wait, next year, mm-hmm. Senator Richard Shelby, the other a senator from Alabama uh-huh. has said, I'm going to retire. That seat's going to be vacant and it's a Republican seat. Um, he could have run again. He chose not to. So it's an open, regular Senate seat in Alabama. So John Merrill 
was probably going to run for that Senate seat because Tuberville's out of his way. Roy Moore is Roy Moore. He's not going to be successful there. Uh-huh. So, like, it's it's his for the taking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then, Uh-oh. wait for it. So they were asking him, like, you know, we heard allegations that, you know, you were, you were doing a lot of crazy shit for several years. Uh, a woman uh, who was, I think, a political aide, uh, had accused him a while ago of having an affair. He denied it. Um, and he says, I think if I have this right, he denied all this. Like, how dare these people come after me like they're doing with Matt Gates or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and they talked about this for a while. And then AL.com, like the legit website, the newspaper website, yeah, yeah. said, oh, well, we got a recording of the woman where she made it of you talking to her about the sex that you had. And it's 17 minutes long. Here, let us play it for you. Oh, dang. And then he's like, uh, let me... S- oh, here. Early, I'm quoting from the article. Early in the call, she asks Meryl, hey, the last time that we had sex, that's the last time ever? Meryl responded, well, it was a pretty good day. What? She asks again if that's the last time ever, like she's wearing a bug or a <laughs> And Meryl says... It's supposedly the last time ever. Oh, God. Dot, dot, dot. He told her later in the call he hoped to draw strength from God to resist continuing their affair. Oh, he's so brave. Oh, I'm sorry. She also went on to ask him in explicit detail about sex acts she says they engaged in on multiple occasions and about specific locations. Wait, wait, wait. Locations of where they had sex or Uh locations of what? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so basically, she's getting him on tape, confessing to everything they did together. Um, and then I... Okay, I'll talk more about that in a second. But basically, they played this tape for him because she's leaking it to the press now. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to run for Senate next year. He's, oh. he's dropped out already. Um, by the way, I should say, a right-wing website broke that story because she sent it to them first. Oh, and wow. then a legit news source actually... She sent it to them, too. They they went to him and said, uh, you know, it's one thing for, you know, a right-wing website to post or something like this. Uh-huh. But we have the recording now, and what do you want to say about it? He had said when she first accused him of that stuff that uh, she was stalking or harassing him. Okay. And then they're like, well, we got the tape. And then he's like, I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, part of me wonders, like, if you really wanted to get back at the guy, why are you releasing this recording now and not after he's won the nomination? Like, she's not a Democratic plant. She's a Republican. I don't think she's doing this to make him lose politically. She's doing it because she's sick of the hypocrisy, which, whatever, I'm not mad at her. And I don't even care about this guy's stuff. I I genuinely don't care about his personal life. Assuming this is all consensual, that's his issue. Mm -hmm. But the hypocrisy, because again, his official bio says he's a deacon at Calvary Baptist Church where he serves as Sunday school teacher. He's a guy who runs on being a conservative Christian and family values, which is Mm -hmm. why he got mad at quote unquote homosexual activities. (laughs) Um, And secretly, this is what he was doing. By the way, I should say the, the articles about this also link up to they show screenshots of text messages that these two sent each other. Uh huh. And it gets into detail about what he his kinks are. I'm just saying. Oh no! There okay, are tell me things, what they are. Tell me what they are. Tell me what they are. I don't even have it up in front of me, but they <laughs> do involve pegging and other things that are not typically associated with necessarily like 
fundamentalist missionary position. Like, oh, okay. A guy right, who's so not a fan guy- of homosexual activities. I don't know. I love this development. Again, I'm, I'm I don't I even I don't even care, and I'm not trying to kink shame. I don't care about his no, kinks. No, I'm But he's a hypocrite. Yes. That's what I have a problem with. So now he's not running for office Aww. after his mistress exposed their affair. And we can all have a good laugh. But now this means some other Republican who's going to jump in. Like Roy Moore is now your uh, your on favorite. Yeah. yeah, he's your front runner for the 2022 Senate seat, barring some other Republican jumping in. Cool as usual, Alabama. So, <laughs> which state do you want to move to next? You can uh, pick any one of them, and I got something for Any you. one of the states in the South? Any one of the states. Um, Did you say Tennessee? I got okay. Tennessee for Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't feel like that was a uh, Especially generous of you, but that's fine. That's I know, fine. I know. I set you just up for that tell one. Me, just tell me what you want to say then. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for understanding how I roll. Um, let's, let's, I have a good story and a bad story. Let's start with a bad story. Okay, Tennessee. Um, you're, do you remember years ago, this made news for a while, there are like seven states whose state constitutions have laws on the books that say open atheists can't hold public office. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, none of them are enforceable uh, because we have laws saying no religious test for public office. There was a legit Supreme Court case in 1961, Torcaso v. Watkins, which basically says, yeah, listen to what we said about church-state separation, no <laughs> religious test. Like, open atheists can run for office. They can hold office anywhere. That's not a deal breaker. Okay. So, Tennessee, here's what Article 9, Section 2 of the Tennessee Constitution says. No person who denies the being of God or a future state of rewards and punishments shall hold any office in the civil department of this state. That's the law that says atheists can't hold public office. But that's Section 2. It turns out there is a Section 1 and a Section 3 in that same article that also says who can't hold office. Section 3 says if you fought in a duel, you also can't hold office. Or if you've helped someone in a duel, as if we live in Hamilton times. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, does it apply to anybody? No. Section 1 is weird, though. Uh Section 1, here's what it says. I'm going to read it for you. Um, Whereas ministers of the gospel are by their profession dedicated to God and the care of souls and ought not to be diverted from the great duties of their functions. Therefore, no minister of the gospel or priest of any denomination, whatever, they mean whatsoever, but you Uh get the idea, shall be eligible to a seat in either house of the legislature. Basically, if you're a priest, you can't hold office in the state. So, again, that one's also unenforceable. There's actually a different Supreme Court case that reaffirmed that that's not legal. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. If you want to change the Constitution, it doesn't change uh, on paper just because the Supreme Court says, oh, that law you have on the books, it doesn't count anymore. Um, that's not how it works. Like, that okay. that section of the Constitution doesn't magically get erased. You have to do the legwork, the paperwork in the legislature sure. to say, we want to remove that now that it doesn't count. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of laws on the books in a lot of states. And maybe you've seen 
online lists about this floating around like i'm making this up but like in indiana you can't drive a horse on a buggy like after midnight on thursdays and you're like why is that law on the books your understanding of horse-based travel is so good you do in (laughs) fact drive a horse on a buggy i went yeah exactly (laughs) so like those there are always those laws on the books and you're like why are these laws still there and it's because because no one wants to go through the work of getting rid of it so we'll just leave it there and everyone will just ignore it so anyway that's the status of these three sections of article Mm nine none of them are enforceable but they still exist on paper so finally finally tennessee lawmakers in this overwhelmingly republican-led state have said you know what we should clean up the constitution (laughs) and get rid of this stuff and so um, Senate Joint Resolution 55, it is sponsored by a st- state senator named Mark Bode. It would amend the Constitution. And let me briefly just explain. Here's what it takes to fix the Constitution. You need to pass a resolution in the legislature one time. And then next time after an election with the next with the new legislature, uh-huh. you got to pass it again to oh. make sure that new legislature is also cool with it. Okay. And then after that, During an election, when a governor is on the ballot, you got to have the voters, a majority of the voters say, yeah, we're cool with that change. In other words, it's not a slow process. It takes a lot of work to change the Constitution. So anyway, last legislative session, they passed a resolution to get rid of Section 1, the priest section. Uh Uh-oh. They didn't touch the atheist section. Oh, no. Guys, you were so close. And this time, Mark Pody, this is the second legislative run. He's saying, all right, I'm sponsoring it again. Let's pass it this time. And if it passes, which it will totally pass, Uh then in 2022, when the governor's on the ballot, voters will have their say. And you know what? By itself, that's the right thing to do. There shouldn't be a ban on priests holding office. That is a different issue than someone saying i want to legislate my faith uh-huh. or someone saying you know i believe in the constitution uh, i believe in the bible not the constitution those are different issues this is not about church state separation mm-hmm. this should happen but also here's what i what my bigger question is if you were saying article one doesn't apply and we should get rid of it it, do, it shouldn't affect people why didn't you just say article one and two i don't care about the dueling people but like why didn't you get rid of the rest of that why stop at one? And we know the answer. It's because Republicans didn't want to make an argument to their base. Right. Like, we need to make sure atheists can run for office, yeah. which they can, but you don't want that on the ballot. They just want this no priest line to get out. Boy, that is, wow, they were so close to doing something that was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, one one Democrat, one of like the four Democrats in the state of Tennessee, brought this up during a hearing uh, of one of the subcommittees recently. And he basically said, like basically saying, why are we doing this? And he said, if we're going to do that, should we just clean up everything that's currently unconstitutional in the Tennessee Constitution? Yeah. I mean, dot, dot, dot seems like that would be a more sensible way of doing it and putting it all in one resolution. And here's what Mark Pody said in response. That is a thought, but dot, 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 one simple step at a time Mm -hmm. would be best, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. again, it's very easy to say we should take this one simple step at a time when you're only planning to walk one step. Yeah. And also that's code for like, we don't care about you guys. We care about us. That's exactly it. I mean, 
it's hard enough to be elected statewide as an open atheist right. in Tennessee. But again, just get rid of the thing that says, no, they can't. Because to me, the, the symbolism carries a stigma of itself. If you have something on the books that says one group of people right. can't run or hold office, I should hold office. Um, it suggests there's something wrong with that group. Oh, absolutely. It says there's something wrong with atheists, and they're not fixing that. Well, and they're denying representation of people who don't have a faith. Like they're yeah, saying symbolically, that, symbolically, right. they're doing that. It's totally unnecessary. By the way, Mark Pody, if you want to know what type of guy this is, Uh-oh. this is a guy who has sponsored legislation to make the Holy Bible the official state book. We've talked um, about this that recently. Yeah, um, he filed bills to reject marriage equality. Like now, um, he wants abortions banned uh, following heartbeats, which means he wants to ban abortions before some women even know they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. He has also filed a bill that would force a woman who wants an abortion, if they're legal, to get her father's permission. Fuck she you. Must have you did his not permission. just say that to me. Yep. Even if her daddy is the one who impregnated her, she would need daddy's permission to have an abortion. That's Mark Pody. Wait, hold on. Wait. Yeah. Wait, yep. wait. Was there? I assume you're talking about like a minor who wants an abortion needs her correct, father's permission. Correct, correct, correct. I thought you meant anyone who wanted an abortion needed their father's opinion. I was like, I actually, well, I'm 35, so I, I don't do need to think he needs to give me an okay. Um, that's stupid and fucked, and uh, that is what we call patriarchal and sucks, and I hate it, and fuck him. I do need to check now. Um, it's probably need to her father or her husband or something. Right? I was going to say, my, it, it, he would give men. I, sh- I need to correct myself. I was wrong. Oh. It's not her father. It is the guy who impregnated her. Oh, must the give father. Permission. The father, not her father. So, But still, if a woman uh, was assaulted, raped, sure. Sure. Mark Pody says the guy gets veto power over your abortion. That's the bill he wants to pass. I apologize. Yeah. That was my mistake. He can jump up his own asshole, actually. Yeah. So. so anyway, that's the problem with Tennessee's bill there. Um, where else do it? Let's stick with Tennessee. Oh, we have more ready. Tennessee. There's more Tennessee. Um, okay. There is, speaking of that Bible as the official state book, mm-hmm. uh, this year, that is not Mark Pody's legislation. He sponsored a similar bill in the past. But this year, it's a guy named Jerry Sexton who wants to make the Bible the official state book. And long story short, we've talked about this already. Mm-hmm. Um, that bill has passed in the state house. It is now in the going to the state Senate. Um, and my thought here was, when they sponsored this bill last year, mm-hmm. it did pass the house, but then the pandemic happened and they had other shit going on. So it just, di- it, it, it just failed. died. Yeah. It just died. That's why it didn't happen this year. I would assume it's going to pass the Senate and it'll get signed into law. That's my fear. But here's what happened this week that actually took me by surprise. Okay. In Tennessee, the lieutenant governor, whose name, which I know you're going to mock, but I'll say it anyway, Tennessee's lieutenant governor, Randy McNally, uh, like the Atlas, um, Randy I don't know McNally, why you thought I would have anything to make fun of there. It's I know. just a very regular name. He is, he's also the speaker of the state Senate. He's not just a guy who exists above or beyond the legislature. Sure. He is in the Senate. Well, he got this bill from the House that says, make the Holy Bible the official state book. And he signed on as the bill's sponsor in the Senate. And you would think, well, that's not good. You got a very powerful Republican who's now the sponsor of this bill. Uh-huh. But when you're the speaker of the state Senate, think Mitch McConnell here for a second. 
if you have the majority in the Senate, you get to decide which bills get to the floor. You get to decide the schedule. And Randy McNally really doesn't like this resolution. Oh. Um, He said this in the past. Um, And it's not because he likes church-state separation. He's still a Republican. He thinks if you make the Holy Bible the official state book, that almost makes it not special because, like, they have a state amphibian. And, (laughs) like, why are we making the Bible the equivalent of a state fruit or whatever the hell else we have. Sure. So he has said the resolution would minimize the Bible's importance. And so his decision, according to local reporters, given his vocal opposition to the resolution, McNally's decision to sign on as a sponsor signals his likely intent to kill the effort by never allowing it to be taken up in a Senate committee. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's sneaky of them. Usually they use those tactics against us, not for us. I know. So I was was genuinely shocked and pleasantly surprised. Well, Well, let's wait to see this play out before we give him too many pats on the back, you know? Right, right, right. It's not a done deal yet. Who knows what's going to happen, but that is a thing that happened. That's funny. Um, Where else, what else would we like to do? Do we have any Texas stories? Do I have Texas stories for you? You know what? I think I skipped Texas this week. So... Wait, I think I had a Texas story. Go for it. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Setting myself up. So this... uh, Okay. (laughs) Full disclosure, this article that I'm reading um, from the... uh, Some Texas San Antonio news station, um, it... It is dated. It was published on April 1st, so I did have to do some additional research to make sure I wasn't taken taken in by this stupid, horrible law. Um, so the, uh, the House Committee of Texas um, approved a proposal that would provide attorneys to fetuses when the mother wants to get an abortion. That's what they need. So, um, yeah, I have no problem. Where are they going to find these lawyers? So the House passed a bill to give fetuses lawyers. Well, and the funny thing is, like, look at the prison system. Like, we actually need lawyers to be doing things for humans who are alive. Do you know know how hard it is to find legal representation for, like, adult people in need of public defenders? And they think fetuses? They're going to find lawyers for fetuses now? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. You want to read a... I do want you to read something. It also suggests by bringing a lawyer for the fetus into it, it just adds to the stigma and suggests that this is a crime of some sort. Exactly, like women, as if it's woman a trial. Abort- yeah, 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 woman, you're doing something wrong. Right, as if women get abortions because this particular baby is, you know, this particular fetus is especially egregious or whatever. Like, no, they just don't want to be pregnant, and they shouldn't be pregnant if they don't want to be pregnant. Um, but the idiots over at the, oh, I lost it because I was scrolling around. Um, it is okay. So this is Rebecca Parma, who's a legislative associate associate of Texas Right to Life. She said they, meaning feti, fetuses, feti, fetuses, they don't have a, a voice yet, and so their interest needs to be represented by someone who has a voice. If the pregnant minor is going to have an attorney ad ad lit litum, what does that mean? Attorney 
L-I-T-E-M, ask your wife, um, which should help her represent her best interests. The unborn child needs to have that voice as well, representing his or her best interests. So the layers on here are tricky because the fact that a teen would need a lawyer to get an abortion is pretty problematic in and of itself. You know what I mean? Like, that's our starting point, and that's not great. Maybe, maybe if a teen wants to get an abortion, she should talk to her doctor and say, I want to get an abortion. And the doctor would say, well, here are the risks of pregnancy and the risks of abortion. Do you want to get an abortion? She'd say, yeah, probably. And he'd say, are you sure? And she'd say, yes, I think that's the right move to me. And then she'd have an abortion and then be uncomfortable for a few days and then just get back to her life of being a teenager and TikToking or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Nope. Got to have a lawyer. Nope. Now we need two lawyers. What if when I got my tonsils out, there had to be lawyers <laughs> for your tonsils? Yeah. And I was a minor. I was like 12 or something like that. So it would have to be like my parents, <laughs> my parents bring in a lawyer on my behalf. And then the state of Illinois would be like, well, <laughs> your tonsils don't have their own voice. So it's just really important to us to make sure all, you know, all sides of the argument are heard before we make this really important decision. Can you imagine getting disbarred because you're a shitty lawyer and your clients don't even exist? <laughs> yeah, they're really willing to go down on the go down for this a lot, huh? Oh, low reward, high risk. Oh my it's... god, we're moving to Arkansas. Here's Arkansas for you. Mm-hmm. The Arkansas State House passed a bill this week, seventy-two to twenty-one. Yeah, party party line vote. All seven. It was all Republicans against all Democrats, mm-hmm. minus a few who just didn't vote at all. They decided to pass a bill allowing the teaching of creationism as a theory of how the earth came to exist. Oh, this is not what I thought we were going to be talking about in Arkansas. Yeah, there's a lot going on in Arkansas, yeah. but this is one of them. Um, this bill says if you're in K through 12 classrooms, mm-hmm. teachers may teach creationism as a theory of how the earth came to exist. doesn't require them to do it, which means it'll skirt like any bans, the Supreme Court ruling against teaching of creationism. Right. This just says you can if you want to, which one, they always technically could. There's no law against what you can't teach on this stuff. Is but that also, more of a you curriculum wouldn't do it. Based thing than a legal thing, or am I yeah, wrong? it's it's. There's a list of things you got to teach the students. Better schools have more stringent curriculums uh-huh. and more specific ones and more detailed ones. Like you wouldn't have time to bring in bullshit. Right. But this one says if you do it. In theory, you're, you can't get in trouble for it, but also you're a shitty teacher. But again, like in 2017, the person who sponsored it, her name is Mary Bentley. She tried doing it in 2017. That bill died in the House. Mm-hmm. But this bill just passed the House. And that's why I'm worried it'll actually get passed. Um, again, even if it gets through, I'm not sure there's a legal challenge you can make against this because it's not forcing anybody to do anything. I mean, it's obviously really symbolic. It's not, right? It's that yeah. it's once it's these people who want to run on, hey, look at this bill I passed when I was in, in Congress that, you know, we can teach God's plan or whatever they say. You know, yeah. like, I'm sure it's that more than anything. But still, like, the fact that they're willing to do it's that also, is sucky. It's also interesting to read the writing of the resolution because it very clearly doesn't define creationism in any way. It literally says creationism and then doesn't define it. So, isn't that a big thing in like legal documents that you have to define your terms? 
yeah now by not doing that she doesn't say god she doesn't say jesus she doesn't say christianity even though we all know that's what she means right but also again she's kind of figured out like okay if i make this very loose no one can attack me because i'm not saying you got to preach my religion i'm just winking at you to Uh preach my religion Again, I don't know what the legal recourse is here if they pass it. I don't know either. But, uh, again, it's not forcing teachers to do anything. But, again, let's just be clear. This is a dumb thing. It has nothing to do with science. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just red meat for a Christian base that needs, like, public affirmation of their dumb ideas. Yeah, I mean... And she's more than willing to play along. Modern-day Christians seem to believe that they can only be interesting and impactful if they're being actively repressed because otherwise they're just what they are which is the single most powerful demographic in the country yeah and so I'm pretty sure satanists have a creationism story that they would love to trot out oh do they uh, they that, should now are satanists and flying spaghetti monster people the same or different or is it they like are protestant different. and catholics is it like kind of similar but fundamentally I different i think we're all friends Oh. And we hold hands, and they're all they're all Pastafarians and Satanists get along fairly well. We never get to start religious wars. It sucks. We missed all the good religious wars. It's true. Mm. You, you should you should get on that. You think? Yes. <laughs> Do you think I'm the kind of person people will follow into battle? <laughs> Make it happen. Do you want to talk about Jerry Falwell? Yeah, you do. Jerry Falwell is in the news for two reasons. One that just happened before we started recording this. Let me give you the first reason. He went on Instagram yesterday and he posted a picture of himself getting a vaccine. Yeah. Okay. This I did see and people were upset about it. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. Like it's. It's like Franklin Graham that we talked about last week saying, hey, everyone, get your shot. This is what God wants. And it's like, you're wrong, but also I'm glad you're saying this. And then people were mad in the comments. But yeah, Jerry Falwell Jr., here's what he wrote on Insta. Got the first Moderna vaccination today, dot, dot, dot. Please get vaccinated so our nutcase of a governor will have less reasons for mindless restrictions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get vaccinated to own the libs is basically what he's getting at. Uh, they've made worse arguments about more important thing about less important <laughs> things, so I think I should be okay with this. Yeah, it's like, if this is what it takes for conservatives to get the shot, the thinking that, like, doing it will make liberals mad, yeah. then Please, you know what? Infuriate us. Please make us upset. Oh, I'm so mad about this heaven. (laughs) Oh, I wish those Republicans wouldn't get those those shots because that means that they agree. Oh, boy. I I don't know know what we're going to do if we lose the moral high ground on medicating people. (laughs) The weirdest thing is he didn't post a picture of his wife getting the jab. Yeah. I'll be here all night. Um, the other reason he's in the news, by the way, this week, and I don't have this in front of me, is because Liberty University put out a statement today saying, hey, everyone at Liberty, you're not allowed to talk to Jerry Falwell Jr. or his wife about university matters. Oh, oh no. Because, like, I think he's trying to finagle his way back into yeah, power. Yeah, he's trying to shadow run Liberty University, which yeah. is a movie I would watch. <laughs> I think his daughter goes to the school still. So they're like, like, you don't want to get in her way. It's mm-hmm. her college. Don't interrupt that. 
Um, but they basically said if they're at school because they're there for their daughter or something right. like that's fine and legal and we're not we don't have a problem with that. But also, please don't talk to him about the schools running and like have listened to him as if he's running the play. That's so fu- that reminds me of the uh, the episode of Thirty Rock when Leslie Nope is suspended and so she can't do anything within the government. So she makes like a citizen group to like harass everybody. <laughs> like it's just that kind of thing of like I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck sh- I'm gonna stir things up no matter what. I for the life of me I can understand Jerry Falwell Jr. going back to Liberty where like he's being treated as a celebrity. <laughs> I am genuinely shocked that Becky. Falwell shows up to the same school where she tried and did like seduce slash yeah I forgot about this whole thing other boys on campus yeah she boys wrong word I don't know what the wording is here it's unclear yeah like I'm surprised she's showing her face on campus too but uh all right that whole story what a fun family they are I know um I okay here's one for you and this is I swear that Talking about John Merrill, talking about homosexual things on TV. Here's one that gets even worse somehow. Okay. Okay. Earlier this month, and it's only the second week of the month, um, there's a new, in New York, in Albany, they have county legislators who make decisions for the county, like a city council, but a county. Um, The guy's name, who's a county legislator, is a Republican named George Langdon. Technically, George Langdon the Fourth. All right, fine. Bloody earlier, fucking dodge, yeah. Jesus. So earlier this month, he was speaking at a seminar called "Return to Liberty Under the Constitution," which is some right wing group. They were meeting at a Christian campground, and they took over the space. They rented out the space, and they held their little like I don't know conservative liberty seminar. Mm-hmm. And George Langdon was speaking at it, and what he was saying is. God is good. That's kind of what his speech was about, given the audience. Here's what he actually said. Tell me when there's a problem. Everything God does is sustainable. It's sustainable. It goes on and on and on. It's perpetual. Sorry, when you have homosexual relationships, it's not perpetual. (laughs) Give them an island. They'll be gone after 40 years. All right. Okay. Because they can't. God created us to be this way. Unquote. You're welcome. Um, Give them an island. They'll be gone after 40 years. So his argument against homosexuality is, is that put all gay people on an island, mm-hmm. they'll die out because they can't impregnate each other. To be fair, if you put like people over 50 on an island together, they probably can't procreate. So they'd die out. So I think I'm going to be anti old people getting married from now on. <laughs> I'm fine with this. And also, um, where does he think all these gay people came from? Yeah, also, that is a fundamental misunderstanding of what being gay is. Oh, my God, what is his problem? <laughs> like, where do you... You know a lot of them have straight parents, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, so, uh, most of them, I would say. And also, the way he said this makes it sound like he's thought of this. Like, man, you know why gay marriage is unnatural? Because if you put him on an island and they just had each other, you would have no more babies and the gays would disappear. So he's are, thought about it. No one's challenged him on it. Are there and then he, two islands? One for gay men I and assume one for yes. Lesbians, I assume and then maybe his, a third, like non-binary island. Well, I guess non, your gender expression is not the same as your sexuality. So, like, 
is there a third bisexual and pansexual island or do you have to so there used to be islands for every group but now there are like is it an isthmus that connects the two because oh. it's there's more fluidity no i think it's more like a pangea situation oh. that the islands kind of shift around naturally over millions of years <laughs> so this guy <laughs> this idiot fantasy- <laughs> I don't know why people listen to us. So this guy, <laughs> this guy fantasizes about gay island uh-huh. where they'll all die out. Uh-huh. And he seems totally unaware of why that's a dumb argument to make. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, what the hell are you doing? What did you, what are you saying? So here's what he did on Thursday of last week. He issued an apology where he said this. I have never been homophobic. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yep. Nor, Good start. Strong start. Nor do I think any individuals should be placed on an island. I deeply regret my foolish off the cuff comment that has caused so much pain. Buddy, it wasn't off the cuff. You've thought about this. It wasn't before. off the cuff. And like for a public figure to even jokingly talk about putting a minority group on an island or I don't know on a train going to a special <laughs> camp like maybe you should tread lightly because this shit is not fun like speculative fiction this has happened in our past it's happened in many people's lifetimes that asian people have been rounded up and thrown into camps in the middle of the country like maybe that's not a thing to joke about bud so here's the good news oh god uh, days after he did that and after this went viral publicly and uh-huh. he apologized, he finally decided to resign. Um, he said this week, it is with a heavy heart that I've decided to resign my seat at the Albany County Legislature. I uh, The rest of his apology doesn't matter. It doesn't say anything important. I forgot that he's a legislator, um, not just like a random priest. <laughs> right? <laughs> what a monster. Um, he said, you know, my sincerest apologies to all those who are hurt by my rash and thoughtless statements. Not, not I'm sorry I said that thing or had that thought, but I'm sorry to you if you were hurt. But what? Okay, whatever. Oh yeah, that's a good. Um, that's a good apology. I have no problem again, with that. No notes. It's let's. If you want to offer sincere apologies, let's see what you do from here. Because mm-hmm. the wrong thing to do, the thing I totally expect him to do, is to just kind of hide and not say anything publicly about this at all. Like, hopefully he could just disappear until it's safe to reemerge. Wait till it dies like, down. Yeah, and if he actually wants to make amends, then do something. Fix your knowledge. Right. Fix your ignorance. Right. And that's what I don't think he's going to do, but that's what he ought to do. Well, and it's it's frustrating when you hear people in positions of power kind of act like, well, what can I do? Like, you're... Of all of us, there's such a small percentage of people who are, like, running shit. And, like, you could absolutely do something about it. You're choosing not to because you don't care. Just at least say you don't care. You know what I mean? Like, don't pretend that you feel bad for gay people. You don't like gay people and you don't care about them. Um, Similar note. Here's a story out of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a tax preparer who you would think would be very busy this time of year. Uh, his name is Kenneth Lee Randall, and he owns a place called Aries Tax Service in the city of Radcliffe, Kentucky. And basically, he says, I'll do your taxes electronically for 55 bucks. That's like the baseline offer. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Um, on his door to the place, 
He says, if you want your taxes filed that way, here's what I need from you. And the list makes sense at first. It's like, I need photo IDs. I need social security cards. Mm -hmm. I need certain forms with your income, things like that. Um, This is number, it's lettered like A, photo IDs, B, social security cards. And then you jump down to the letter J, the last thing on the list. Mm -hmm. And it says, homosexual marriage not recognized. Like, just out of nowhere, just putting that on the list of things on your promotion. Not recognized by him personally? I don't think he has that power. If you're, right, if you're a straight couple, he'll do your taxes, like jointly filed taxes. Uh But if you're a same-sex couple, he's not doing your gay taxes. Yeah. So, and he wants you to know that. He's putting a sign on the door. (sighs) And then the Courier-Journal in Kentucky, like, asked him about this. And he said in an email to them, he has moral objections mm-hmm. to homosexual marriage, which, again, do, just do the taxes. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what he added. And tell me what you think about this. He said, I have filed and do file for homosexuals who are single, as I do not ask about sexual preference prior to filing a return. Basically saying, I'll, I have no problem working with gay people, but if you're in a same-sex marriage, mm. I'm not doing your taxes. And then, he adds, <laughs> and then he adds, this is legal. As I have already researched this. It simply cannot be legal, is it? It is, abs- it is absolutely legal. He's oh. right about that. In Kentucky, there is no discrimination law, anti-discrimination law, that protects same-sex couples from discrimination. And so he's not wrong about that. He has a legal right to say, I'm not working with gay couples. And that's unfortunate. By the way, a few years ago, we talked about this, I believe, at the time. In Indiana, a lesbian couple wanted to file a joint return for the first time mm-hmm. at a tax preparer that they had seen before. Oh, but no. now they were married. And the woman at the time said her Christianity prevented her from being a decent human being. Um, and again, she had the legal right to do it, I believe, because Indiana didn't have laws protecting people either. Indiana's but again, a garbage state. Again, if you are here, if you are considering doing your taxes, here's the upside to this. This guy puts a sign on the door. Remember when we saw stories about like florists or bakers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We always say like, you know what? Just put a sign on your door if you think it's legal that says, I don't do like gay weddings. Mm -hmm. Because I know not to shop there. (laughs) Exactly. We will know not to give you business. The rest of us, I mean, like straight couples, straight people can say, well, fine. Then you don't get my business either. Mm -hmm. Well, this guy has a literal sign on his door that says he won't work with gay couples. I hope people who might consider working with them say, fine, I'll take my business elsewhere because I can do better than you. Right. You're a garbage human. I can find better people. Like, I hope that's the end result here because, unfortunately, he has the legal right to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to debate which one. I got... I'll give you one more, and I want to hear one from you especially. <laughs> um, let me jump to this one because it's a battle going on in the world of creationists that I... That no one's talking about, but we Let should be them talking about. Fight. Oh, it's it's glorious. Here's the situation as it is. There is, you know how every college, if you want your diploma to not be toilet paper, you have to go to like a real college yeah. and not a diploma mill. Um, and the way you know you go to a it's real a really college. Weird start to a story. <laughs> yeah. The the way you know you go to a real college is it is accredited. Like there is an outside agency that says, Yeah, you're a legit school. And you know, if you transfer 
um, we we can rest assured that you went to a school that taught you well so that your biology 101 credit counts as a biology 101 credit at the new school you're at. Like, accreditation matters. Mm-hmm. And there is... Like, within the world of accreditation, there are also Christian accreditation companies that specifically work on private Christian schools that the other places don't really care about because you're a private school. Who cares what we think? And so there's a place called the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools. It abbreviates to TRACS. Okay, fine. So, basically, they can give a stamp of approval that you did a good Christian curriculum um, to places like Bob Jones University or Liberty Liberty University, even if other places won't look at them. Mm-hmm. And that's still important because a lot of Christian students at those schools may transfer places and they want to know if their credits are legitimate. Okay, so here's the question. Last week, um, I'm sorry, I, I, a month ago, early March, a professor at Washington University in St. Louis, his name is Dr. Joshua Swamidas, he wrote an opinion piece for the Wall Street Journal where he talks about accreditation from tracks from this Christian accreditation company. Mm-hmm. And what he said is, like, tracks may lose its ability to be an accrediting company this October, and the reason is... The secular umbrella organization says your standards are too low. We know you're Christian. We're not, we're not upset with you for being Christian. But basically, if you're saying, yup, this is a legit biology 101 credit, the secular institution is saying, no, it's not. That wasn't a legit biology class because they didn't prepare students for the information you need in a biology class. That has nothing to do with the Christianese. <laughs> you could say God created cells and then teach kids about cells. That's fine. But if you're going to say, for example, God created the universe in six days, literally, that's what the Bible says, and you don't teach them about evolution, per mm-hmm. se, or you don't tell them, yeah, but that's just what we think, we have a problem. So the accreditation company may lose its ability to do that. Yeah. And that would be a big deal in the world of Christian higher education. Mm-hmm. So here's what this doctor, uh, Dr. Swamidas, a professor at Washington University, said, here's a way to compromise on this. Because the argument from the Christian schools is, well, we have our own ways of doing things, and how dare you put a secular like punishment on us. Uh Here's what he said. Um, Basically as a compromise in order to uphold higher standards on science education. um, I'm going to read this specifically. This is from his opinion piece. As a matter of academic freedom, scientists should tolerate institutions that teach creation science, but deviations deviations from national norms in a science curriculum need to be prominently disclosed, tracked, and reported. Okay. In other words, what he's saying is, if you go to Bob Jones University and you take a Biology 101 class and it says it on your transcript, but BJU teaches creation and not legit biology, Mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't be punished for taking that class But on your transcript, it should have a little asterisk next to it that says, we teach creationism. Sure. That way, 
you're transparent about the fact that you're preaching creationism, Mm -hmm. but also the school can remain accredited by a higher agency. And this is this professor's way of saying, see, Mm -hmm. we don't have to, we can still allow them to accredit institutions of higher learning. That's a good thing for the Christian schools, but you are also holding them to a higher standard. And also you're not telling the schools they can't teach the thing they want to teach. See, it's a win-win for everybody. That is his argument. Now, I do have an argument against what he's saying because I don't think scientists should tolerate institutions that teach creation science. Like, if you graduate with a degree from Bob Jones or Liberty in science, like, your diploma what should be... What does that mean? Be, yeah, what does it mean? Like, your diploma should be seen as garbage and toilet paper because you took you got a science degree from a school that doesn't prepare you if you want to go into a scientific field. Right. Like, you don't know enough. You didn't learn the stuff. Right. Now, that's an old argument. Um, That's been said before. I'm not getting into that particular debate, but I do think he has a point in saying if a course is tainted with creationism, like, everyone needs to know that you were taught creationism. You shouldn't get credit for biology Mm -hmm. if you were taught that. So anyway, he posts this thing, and then it turns out all the creationists were pissed off. And so here's Bob Jones University president, Steve Pettit. He responded in the Wall Street Journal saying, we already have high standards. Mm -hmm. Here's what he wrote. Dr. Swamidas's compromise, in quotation marks, Uh excluding credit from courses presenting evidence for multiple models, which is basically saying we teach bullshit, Uh (laughs) would, would marginalize outstanding scientists with biblical viewpoints about origins. Name one other real scientist besides that one guy who we always talk about <laughs> who doesn't believe in evolution who's that guy what's that guy's name um are you, know you thinking about? francis collins who yep. yes. is a, who's the head of the national institutes of health but and is a legit scientist uh-huh. but is also an evangelical christian but he is pro-evolution he accepts evolution he also is a evangelical Christian who believes in like miracles, but he is a good scientist. That's Mm -hmm. not the sort of guy these people are talking about. They're saying like, Nope, if you get a degree in creation science, you might be an outstanding scientist. Like, okay, whatever Uh, his, his argument boiled down to this. We teach real science with Christian bullshit. And that should count for our students, which Mm -hmm. again, that actually kind of misses the point. Like either a school teaches legit science, right? In which case, I don't know what he's worried about because this is actually what the professor Swamida said in response to Pettit's letter. He said, well, look, if you're teaching legit science, my compromise doesn't apply to you. Yeah. But if you're not, then those asterisks matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's what he also said. Um, more likely, this is Swami Das here responding on his own, more likely than not, but BJU actually is teaching creation science and science courses. Um, if that's the case, BJU has two options. They could transparently label the course on transcripts as deviating from national norms mm-hmm. by basically putting an asterisk next to it. A better approach would be to change the designation from bi- of Biology 300 from biology to philosophy or mm-hmm. religion, because then it wouldn't be a science course and you don't need to label it with the asterisk. Right. And then Ken Ham got mad because he's basically saying... I'm quoting Ken Ham here. Swamidas is ultimately saying that Christians can have the academic freedom to believe what they want, but really they should be required to teach evolution as fact. Well, 
Which is yeah. another way of saying Ken Ham is very, very upset by the idea of higher standards in Christian education. He doesn't want to meet them. Mm-hmm. He's very upset that they're being held to higher standards, which are also called standards. <laughs> and he's very upset about this. He doesn't want an asterisk next to creationists, anything. Um, and by the way, Ken Ham also said, like, who is this guy to tell us how to deal with this? He said... This researcher, this is Ken Ham, this researcher isn't qualified to even write on the, <laughs> to write on the question of creation science in the classroom or to recommend anything like this. Wait, this is the best part. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's written on the topic, speaking of the professor, he has written on the topic, but makes no attempt to engage any of the scholarly creationist literature published on Adam and Eve. <laughs> Oh, no. You can't... Apparently, you can't talk about creationism unless you've read the scholarly creationist literature. So, okay. Which I've read, by the way, and they had, their articles are like, was Eve White a, a scholarly... <laughs> Finally, the hard-hitting questions we need in 2021. Oh, man. I... Okay. I would like to discuss with you why Christians continually try to force their way into science is it because they don't see the difference between a a scientific spokesperson who's who's who is uh the let me help say, yes let me help you out here this guy swami das he is uh-huh. the professor of laboratory and genomic medicine and biomedical engineering what's he genomic knows medicine genes oh uh, yeah he knows shit like he's not some random professor who's right. writing about a topic he knows nothing about he knows science right he's trying to like create a way for creationist teaching schools to be able to survive without being accredited by saying, no, no, I want you to be accredited, but I want you to be honest. And Ken Ham's like, what? Honesty? How dare you? I hate that. I've always said that. No, what I I was trying to say more like, does Ken Ham, the Ken Hams of the world, do they think that just that these people who are like scientific representatives and have been scientists their, you know, their entire adult lives, because they can speak on things with authority and don't necessarily cite every single word they say because it's all in the, right? It's all in the scientific text. Like, we've done it all already. Yeah. So yeah. do they think, like, well, that guy is just saying he thinks he knows what is right, and I think I know what is right, and therefore yeah. our point of views are identical, even though he's backed up. The phrasing Ken Ham uses is, we all have the same facts at our disposal, but we interpret them through different lenses. Mm-hmm. So Ken Ham's starting point is the book of Genesis, while scientists' starting point is reality. Um, but he thinks, look, we all agree, we all believe the same stuff. We all accept science, but we're just coming at it from different angles. So don't be mad at us just because we have a different perspective, which is not the case. You yes. genuinely like are coming, not only are you coming at it from the wrong starting point, you don't understand stuff. Um, One thing that actually crossed my mind is there were a lot of people writing about this years ago, but there are a lot of homeschooling Christian kids who grew up using a textbook curriculum called Accelerated Christian Education, ACE. And one of the things a lot of these people have said is at some point they used ACE curriculum or it's called a Becca 
a different company that makes similar. It's Christian homeschooling texts. Okay. And they said, I use that. I learned from that. Like I was taught to use those books to, to educate myself. But then at some point in their life, they went to like a public school, maybe a public high school, because mm-hmm. at some point creation is homeschooling like stops. Sure. So they got to go to a real school. And they said, when I got to high school, I was like three years behind on math. I didn't know the science. It's like, I thought I was doing everything right. But then I realized, oh no, I don't know any of this stuff that my peers know. Like they were at a disadvantage and good for the ones who figured that out and could try to make up lost ground. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what these creationist teaching schools are doing to these college students. They're saying, let me teach you biology, but they're teaching you creationism. And then if you want to go on to do research or you want to go on to a grad school degree, turns out you don't but- actually, yeah, you don't know the prerequisite knowledge you must have in order to succeed at those levels. I remember years ago, we talked about one guy, we've talked about him a couple times, I think his name is Hugh Ross, I'm not sure, where he is a creationist, he actually works for Answers in Genesis, I believe, or Mm -hmm. if not that, a different creationism company, but he went to a secular college and got a PhD in, like, astronomy or something. Okay. But his thesis... Are you sure it was an astrology? It was astronomy. (laughs) His thesis was legit. Like, he wrote a real, actual thesis that was scientifically valid. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the school said, yeah, you did the work. We're going to give you a PhD. Like, you did a good job. Mm -hmm. But then if you ask him, hey, you know that thing that you wrote for astronomy about the world? And you're like, "Do do you believe any of this? And he's like, oh, no, it's all bullshit. And, like, there was an ethical question of, should should he be? Yeah. A P- Does he deserve a PhD? He's like, look, I played the game. I know how it works. I wrote what they wanted me to write in, in the terms of, like, I used their sure. scientific facts instead of creationism. And, like, I earned it, which is true. He did. But does he deserve to have that PhD? That was an ethical question. But it's yeah. like... That's different from what we're talking about where you're not doing the work. You don't understand the real science. Right. But you're apparently getting credit because you went to an accredited school Mm -hmm. where you have a biology degree. And like, no, you don't. And every school that might look at your transcript Mm -hmm. needs to know you didn't go to a real school and learn real biology. Right. And this is all about honesty and transparency. Mm -hmm. Which is not their kind of whole jam. (sighs) Can we talk about Morgan Freeman? Please. Do you have the transcript though? I do. I'll pull it up. So I actually know very little. I just watched this little video before we started recording. And I was like, I only want to talk about this for the rest of my life. (laughs) So here's the, here's the, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's essentially, it's two women on a news show and they're talking about how Morgan Freeman recently did, I guess, a PSA or whatever Yes. to say, Hey, get your vaccine. Here's what Morgan Freeman said in the PSA. Um, I'm, I can't do the voice. So I'm Morgan Please Freeman. Please don't. Oh, my God. I'm not trying. I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm not a doctor, but I trust science. And I'm told that for some reason, people trust me. So here I am to say I trust science and I got the vaccine. If you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. Oh, basically saying, look, I'm a celebrity. And if for whatever reason, that means you'll listen to me about stuff. Yeah, I'm going to use my platform to say I got the shot. You should get the shot. And that's it. It's a very short PSA. And that's literally even he's kind of like, I don't know why you think (laughs) I don't know why you're listening to me on this issue. But if you are. 
then go get your shot. It's well, a and fine. presumably he wasn't wearing like a white lab coat or something like no. that. He wasn't trying to fool anybody. He was just like, hey, it's me, Morgan Freeman. You know, the yeah. actor. Yeah, that's, you know, that's Shawshank. Yeah, I played exactly. a guy named Red and everyone was confused about it. Because, <laughs> okay, I know this because I'm obsessed with the movie. Um, the Stephen King book oh, I novel. Yeah, it was Irish. Yeah, yeah. And so they called him Red. I and so they just didn't later. change it. I love it. I, I, I love it. Have you read the short story? Parts of it. Uh, it's a short story, Hammond. <laughs> what did you need hey. to dedicate to it? <laughs> Do you want the transcript for this or not? Yes, I'm sorry. I don't have time to read a novella. <laughs> Okay, I so, read all four of those novellas, motherfucker. It was Stephen <laughs> King's Something About Seasons, and it had The Body. It had other ones. You keep talking. I'm going to nice research job. on this book I definitely the, read in high school. So the women in this clip, they belong to one of those uh, Fox News is too liberal for us networks, mm-hmm. like Newsmax. But they belong to Real America's Voice, which I think is like an app you could download and give money to. Um, the woman's name who's talking is Gina Loudon, who is the host. And there's also a guest named Amanda Head. Um, but here's what Gina says about that Morgan Freeman clip. Um, this just bothers me. <laughs> not because I think that he doesn't have a right to his opinion, not because I have any problem with him, you know, pitching whatever product he wants to pitch for, whatever product he wants to pitch for, whatever that means. Because... He's acting like he doesn't realize that the reason people trust him is because he plays God in movies. Like, just say it, you know? Or, I don't know, but I just have a problem with, I don't know. At some point, God's got to be sacred somewhere, right? Because we use him all the time in all the wrong ways. I guess that's it. Can you translate that, please? So she's accusing Morgan Freeman, viciously accusing him, of doing a PSA, even though he played God in a movie that's 25 years old now, I think. <laughs> Something like that. It's, it's old. And he didn't go through his acting credentials. He didn't go through his IMDb page before he said, hi, I'm Morgan Freeman. You may remember me as Red from that movie, Shawshank Redemption, or that one detective from Seven when he was very good. And he said, John Doe has the upper hand now. That's my only imitation I have. And it's a thing Mikey and I yell at each other a lot. Anyway, um, you may also remember me from the Jim Carrey vehicle. What was that called? Ted Almighty? Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Bruce Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty and Evan and Evan Almighty years later. I thought those were the only two movies where he played God. Um, Yeah. I can't remember. Maybe there was a couple others, but again, the idea that anyone, first of all, if you trust Morgan Freeman for your medical advice, you got bigger issues. That's not a knock on him. That's a knock on anyone who thinks I'm not getting the vaccine until Morgan Freeman or another celebrity tells Mm. me to get it. Um, but they're not doing it because he plays God. They're doing it because he's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Who, who are these people who are saying, I will only take my medical advice from actors who have played God right. in, I don't know, Steve Carell movies as a supporting actor. <laughs> like, who are these yeah, people? It's just the two times he played God and Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty. Although, interestingly, he also played Dr. Alex Cross in both Kiss the Girls and Along Came a Spider. So how come he didn't mention that? People might think he's a real doctor because he played a doctor on 
the movies. So yes, if these every... people are idiots, it's Morgan Freeman's fault, I guess is sort of my... <laughs> My thesis statement. When I saw the video of Loudon saying all this and this idea that, I don't know, Morgan Freeman is doing something wrong by telling people to get the vaccine because he's not respecting God, who he has played, and therefore he's not allowed to have liberal opinions about anything, I guess. Do you have what the other woman said in response? Because... Uh, I don't, but she agreed. She agreed. I I can't remember what she said at the end, but it really, like, made me flip my desk. I just... And, and also, for some reason, it really irked me that she was like, he can plug whatever product he wants. It's like, he's not like, he's not like Jamie Lee Curtis and Activia. He's trying to convince people to get life-saving medication. Like, right, it's a ever- PSA, not a paid sponsorship. <laughs> it's just, it's just so stupid stupid and like it's it's so willfully ignorant like the fact like genuinely she accused him of manipulating people by at one point in 2003 playing god and then 20 years later saying a different thing (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine how few problems you have to have in life that you use your quote-unquote news show to go after Morgan Freeman for a PSA in which he said, look, I don't know why you trust me, but if you do, I'll use it and say, you should save your life with a shot. And you come out and like, this is news number one. Matt Gates is like topic number 72, but Morgan Freeman talking about maybe get the shot. It's a good idea is like your number one. Like I don't understand their priority list. Um, and I say this as someone who specifically cherry picks, which stories we talk about on this show. I know that. Sure. But absolutely. Like, how is this the problem? How is this your conservative big issue here? I, I am really glad. I, I'm weirdly grateful to be doing stories like this again. Like I feel like granted, trans issues are a fucking mess right now and and all this shit like the world isn't good but like it feels really nice to be like well the national government is kind of chugging along and that's doing okay so we're going to talk about these idiots on a show that nobody watches who have garbage opinions like i'm just so thrilled to be back in this space where i am comfortable and the stakes are lower (laughs) It is it is nice momentarily. Yeah. Um, I got one more for you that th- I think this went under the radar, too, for a lot of people, because we're not paying attention to what the Mormon church does day in and day out. Uh-huh. But they have like general conferences twice a year. Like if you're practicing Mormon, you're watching these videos um, that go on like all weekend long. Mm-hmm. And last week when they had this, the the Mormon church's president, Russell Nelson, who like has a pipeline to God, you know? Um, He said at one point during his speech, here's what he was trying to say. He was saying like, look, uh, believing in God, uh, being religious, that is not an easy thing. It comes with challenges. And there may be times you will have doubts about your faith. And he wanted to say like, that's okay. Like you're going to have doubts. You need to overcome them, which is what you would kind of expect a religious leader to say. Here's what he actually said. Your mountains may be, uh, your mountains that you got to overcome, the things that are your struggles. Your mountains may be loneliness, doubt, illness, or other personal problems. Your mountains will vary. And yet the answer to all of each of your challenges is to increase your faith. That takes work. Lazy learners 
and lax disciples will only struggle to muster even a particle of faith. And in English, what he's basically saying is if you have religious doubts Mm -hmm. and you doubt religion and you don't have any faith, he's basically saying you got to be lazy. There's something wrong with you. You're not even trying. Like, I know a lot of ex-Mormons. I know a lot of atheists. I know people who struggle with their faith. The last thing they are are lazy. The problem is they thought about this more Mm -hmm. than a lot of religious people. And they realized, wait a minute, this is bullshit. Um, And that's why they left the faith. And yet here's the president of the Mormon church saying, listen, the people who don't have faith, they're just lazy about it. They don't want to learn. Like, man, talk about slander from the highest pulpit in the church. Yeah, that's not... That's not great. Um, the only good thing about that is ex-Mormon Twitter had memes like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, hashtag lazy learner. And a nice. lot of things like, nice. here's here's my Book of Mormon with all the contradictions and problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, is this what a lazy learner does? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. It was beautiful. Um, speaking of the Mormon church... I want to do a quick plug for an interview I did with uh, Tyler Meesum, who is a uh, documentarian. And um, if you listen to the interview, he says that we are friends and he can't take that away. Um, He is a uh, he directed one of my favorite documentaries of all time, which is an honest liar, which is about um, James Randi. Um, But recently, about a month or two ago, I think in early March, he um, he and his partner, whose name I can't think of, who directed Napoleon Dynamite, and I can't think of his name off the dome. Um, Hemant, if you want to do some Googling for me, that'd be great. Um, he, he, uh, he, he, they released a three-part uh, docu-series called Murder Among the Mormons, which is a, like half true crime and half like... Uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of a, a true crime heist kind of... Jared Hess. Jared Hess, thank you. Um, it is amazing. It just keeps getting better and better. It's You can watch it in one sitting. I think it's less than three hours for the whole thing. Yeah, three um, episodes. Yeah, and there, I think one is only 45 minutes. So um, it's genuinely very, very good. And if you want to listen to the interview I did with him, I would highly recommend watching the, the show first because we'll just spoil the fuck out of it. And there are like twists and turns that, that I would recommend you, you go in blind for. Um, so if you want to listen to that interview that I did with him, which was so much fun, he's such a joy. He's just one of the kindest people. We talked about the time we went to a Cubs game together. Um, that is right. You can find that on Patreon right now. Any, um, uh, paying Patreon supporter has mm-hmm. access to that mm-hmm. and we will release it on the main feed early next week. Right. Um, we didn't talk about Matt Gates at all. Do you have any thoughts on him? Oh, I have, I have many thoughts about Matt Gates. <laughs> Anything relevant to our listeners? He's None whatsoever. Perfect. Um, I love the steady drip of information that is more damning. I think my favorite I literally, thing, j- look at this. I literally just got a push alert. Representative Matt Gates is under investigation by the House Ethics Committee over allegations including sex trafficking and the improper use of campaign funds. Yeah. I mean, my favorite thing so far is he used Venmo and he literally said, like, why are you sending money? Uh, and what was the reason? Like, school, hit up, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so embarrassing for him. It's all so embarrassing. I don't even know, like, how long has... Had this come out when we recorded last week? I genuinely um, don't know. It, it may have come out late last week, but, uh, again, the thing... I I cannot figure out 
he should have in any other era, like he would have resigned a long time ago. Um, I don't know if he's going to be punished. If they don't have enough to prosecute the guy to put him in jail or something for what he's done, I don't think Republicans are going to hold him accountable for it. Oh, God, no. So I know they've said, like, well, maybe we'll get rid of him if he's indicted and charged with anything. And even that question mark. Even right now, it's always creepy, always shows people nudes of women he slept with, like, in Congress, in the halls of Congress. On the floor. Yeah. Like, and what's the punishment for that? Nothing. Right now. I'm curious what'll happen as more information comes out. Like, there is no breaking point right now for the Republican Party. So oh, what yeah. will it take for this guy to get in trouble for anything he's done? I yeah, I am curious what it's going to take for the Republican Party to turn against their own. Because Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't do it. Matt Gates isn't right. doing it. I think it's going to be somebody has to, like, full-on murder somebody. I don't think like, they'll not, do it. Not, not reckless endangerment. I'm talking, like, stab them in the chest. On the floor? You don't think that would do it? Um, no. Definitely captured somehow, like maybe a Facebook Live or a TikTok. I think it would depend on if they're coming from a red district where it would just be, oh, another Republican's mm-hmm. going to replace. All right, fine. Sure, get sure. You've got to be careful in those but, purple districts. But if it's like a Republican who could lose to a, a Democrat, they're not going to get rid of that person. They're so brave. I don't have that much faith in the Republican Party. Oh, I have zero, so beat you. By the way, the, th- the four stories from Stephen King's uh, different seasons are Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which I read, The Body, which I read, and then Apt Pupil and the Breathing Method. I don't know what the breathing method is, but Apt Pupil, um, and then The Body is what uh, Stand By Me was based off of, not just Shawshank Redemption. That was one book, and he got three hit movies out of there. Man, that guy's an efficient writer. Oh. <sighs> I'm not even that big Stephen King fan. I just want to know. Anyway, um, I think a couple people have read books I wrote, like literally a couple. Who knows? <laughs> it's yeah, it's very frustrating when it's like God. They put out hits every time. It's so Those impressive. People. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you have anything uh, else? I'm good. I'm oh. all gatesed out. <laughs> Where can we find you online? I am at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Find me at FriendlyAtheist.com. If you're listening to the show and you like it, go to Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast. Support it. You can find me on also on Twitter at Just Bloomke. You can also, if you're interested, buy a cross-stitch for me um, on Etsy. My shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.